Good evening, uh, everyone. Thanks for coming. Uh, I'm going to try to, uh, to, to, to take you uh, through a tour uh, in France and identify maybe what we can learn from uh, the situation and the, and the struggles that we go through there. But first, uh, I'd like to give you a, 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 an image. Imagine a country who wants to export human rights everywhere in the world and who's unable to respect them on its own soil. Uh, imagine a country where a woman can be assaulted in the street just because she is a Muslim. Uh, imagine a country where Muslim bashing is the national sport and you will have an idea of what France has become in the last few years. The problem with uh, Islamophobia in France is not uh, the, the, the fact that there is a right-wing form of extremism, that there are racists such, uh, such as you have in the, in the UK with the EDL or other movements. The problem is that Islamophobia as an ideological corpus is in the mainstream. And uh, you wouldn't imagine in the UK, for example, having uh, the labor or traditional left-wing movements supporting basically the same ideas and the same movements as the BNP or the EDL. And uh, the question that, uh, that, uh, that arises is why? Why do we have such a situation? Uh, why is it like this? Why do we have this paradox where we have uh, the largest Muslim community in Europe, in France, around 4 million uh, uh, Muslims, at the same time they have no leverage uh, in, the, in, 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 in the political game, they have no leverage in the way things are, are done. They don't always participate on major questions, on issues of education, of health, of economic development, uh, uh, and they are part of, of, uh, of, uh, of this system still. So how can we explain that the largest community, the largest Muslim community in Europe, is unable to take its full part uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the common narrative of, uh, of, uh, of France. How do we explain that? And uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's a bit difficult to, to, to draw a full picture of it, but I think it might be easier uh, to, to, to take a comparative approach between what we have in the UK and what we have in, uh, in, in France. This way it will allow you to identify similarities and differences. So there is uh, a number of, uh, of similarities. The first one is that uh, we are both uh, we are in a situation where both communities have to challenge decline. Uh, when I'm talking about decline, I'm not talking about something specific to the Muslim community. I'm saying that uh, our Western uh, European democracies, uh, they have a problem with their common narrative. If I raise the question, friends, who are you? And I ask the question, what is the French identity? What is the French common narrative? What unites us as fellow citizen, I'm in a situation where it's very difficult to draw a number of pages where I explain this, uh, this idea. Same goes for the UK. If I say, UK, what do you stand for? Uh, and what is the common narrative that we have, Muslims and non-Muslims alike? What is your future plan for the next 10, 20, 30 years? What sort of society do you want to leave your, for your children and for your grandchildren? It would be a very difficult uh, uh, exercise to, uh, to write such a narrative with confidence. It will be possible to, to, to write a, 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 a declining narrative, saying that like we are in a tough trouble with the economic situation, we are unable to provide jobs, people are divided, we can, draw, we can write this narrative. 
but the positive one, the challenging one, uh, the hopeful one, but still realistic one, were unable to write. And so this is the first, uh, the first, uh, the first commonality, the first similarity that we have uh, uh, between two countries. Uh, the second thing is that uh, Muslims, uh, both in France and in the UK, they were faced in the 80s and in the 90s with this question, uh, how can I be part of Europe? Uh, for, the question, for the UK uh, Muslim community, the question was raised otherwise, but for France, for a very long time, there was this idea that Muslims would go back to their, uh, to their country of origin. And so you would have parents and grandparents not investing in the country um, and uh, basically living in the, in the smallest flat with minimum, uh, with minimum spending and hoping, waiting for the summer to go back to Algeria or to go back to Morocco, trying to build houses uh, uh, in, the, in the countryside in Algeria, thinking that at some point we're going to get back home. And some of us, uh, basically our parents would say, uh, we would say, can we go on holidays, I don't know, in the, in the Provence or in Normandy or something. What holidays? What for? What is the point of holidays? We're not here to enjoy ourselves. We're here to study, we're here to work hard, we're here to take part uh, in, a, in, a, in, in, in projects, but at some point, we're not at home here. So at some point, we're going to have to go back to Algeria, to Egypt, to, uh, to, to Morocco. And it was only uh, in the late 90s that really the, the, the idea made, it took its own way, and basically parents started uh, accepting the idea that, okay, we're here to stay, we're part of this society, and, uh, uh, and the kids, they feel at home here. Uh, with all the problems of, uh, of racism that we have, with the, with, the, with the tough process of integration that we had, but still they were more at home in, in Paris with all these issues than in uh, Algeria or in Cairo or in Casablanca. So uh, uh, the idea of being part of a European society, that's a common challenge, uh, a common challenge as well. And we'll see uh, in, the, in the differences that's uh, same challenge, but different options and different, uh, different issues to face it. Uh, the third one is more related to uh, society and moral standards. Uh, and I, I would just pick two, uh, two examples. Uh, the challenge of education. Uh, education, the way we build uh, our children, our, our youth, the way we uh, help them develop uh, their curiosity, uh, the way we, we, we send them to uh, schools, uh, colleges, universities, and how, how do we address this issue? Uh, into, even in terms of pedagogical methodology, how do we face this, uh, this, uh, this challenge? And even when we try to, uh, to, to promote uh, Islamic values or ethical, uh, ethical values, how do we go about it? Uh, in France, for example, we used to have a very traditional methodology of teaching mathematics, French language, literature, so you would have a dissertation with introduction, thesis, antithesis, conclusion, and this would be like the, the, really the, the, the framework for this, and then after that, at the madrasa, you would sit on the, on the, on the floor, and the maulana or the imam would, uh, would be very hard, uh, coming from the Egyptian embassy, and saying that you have to do this, and you have to do that, but it, it really, we had some form of conflict between two modes of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of education. We cannot claim that one is better or, or, or over, over, the, uh, over the other. We know that for a given generation it shaped the way we think about uh, things, the way we even ask questions, the way we study. Okay? But we are endowed with this challenge, how do we address the issue of education? 
not only for the Muslim community, but uh, by and large for the for the rest of the society. And the second one is the uh, 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 the, the the promotion, uh, the diffusion of moral standards. We are uh, in a given society which has given up on uh, on, uh, on 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 humanism. Uh, the, the objective of this society is to produce this. Yeah. The aim of the society we live in is to produce the best object, where maybe we have this idea that we could produce the best human being, uh, the best sort of social interaction, the best model for mankind. Okay, And so, uh, how do we go about promoting these ethical and moral standards? How do we share this, uh, this, uh, this hope in a society which has really given, given into, into a form of uh, cynical thinking. Basically, that's the economy, and we can do nothing about it. Uh, and the way people live, and the suffering that they go through, and, and, and the separation of people that are really close to each other in the, in, the, in the train or in the tube, but they are worlds apart in their mind and in their heart, basically we have accepted this fact. Okay? And this is a common challenge as well. And the last one is, what is our positive contribution uh, in the society we live in? If we think of, uh, of our life plan, both individually and collectively, how can we identify our contribution to this society? There is an educational issue, there is a health issue, there is a poverty <laughs> issue. If I think individually or collectively, what is our contribution to these issues? Uh, how did we solve the issues of uh, 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 drug dealing in our area? Uh, how do we solve the issue that some women, they are really in a, in a very difficult situation and we do nothing about it? How, how do we go about it and what is our contribution? So these are commonalities and you find that the problems we have in a typical mosque or in a typical NGO uh, in, the, in, the, in the UK, on that, uh, uh, from that respect, uh, they are very similar to the one that we, uh, that we have in, uh, in France. And then there are major uh, differences. First. Uh, there is a different colonial history. Okay? This is so important. The sort of relationship uh, that the British Empire used to have with its colonies is so different from the one France used to have with its, uh, with its colonies. They would uh, use colonies for uh, economic reasons, strategic reasons, commercial reasons, uh, military, uh, military reasons, uh, but they would not perceive uh, these lands as an extension as a cultural, ideological core extension of the main uh, of the main uh, of the mainland, which is precisely the type of relationship that France used to have with Algeria. So when uh, eventually uh, the Algerian people say you, you're not welcome here anymore, uh, we would like to have our freedom and our uh, independence, there was literally a trauma, and this trauma, this post-colonial relationship, we are still into uh, into it. If we ask. Uh, a typical French citizen, well, how he feels about Algeria, or, or if we are ask uh, uh, an Algerian uh, young man or a woman how he feels about France, this will come somehow in the in the in the in the conversation, even in the explanation of racism. Okay, and this is a, this is really a, a really a, really a strong uh, feeling that we cannot get past it. And an additional reason that we cannot get past this situation is that we would have some French politician claiming that colonization was okay after all. There is a positive uh, uh, contribution uh, in colonization, and we should be thanked for that. 
Uh, after all, we came and civilized these people. We built hospitals and schools. And so maybe the Algerian or the Senegalese, they should thank us for, 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 for that. So this sort of, uh, of behavior, this denial of, uh, of history, which, by the way, the same goes for uh, uh, slavery, the, 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 the fact that we should, this is history, we should, we should get past this. This doesn't help at all uh, address the real issues and build the feeling that we are part of the same story. Uh, and in turn, this leads to a different social uh, and cultural background in the typical uh, Muslim community. You would have uh, the vast majority of Muslims in the UK coming from an uh, Indian, Pakistani, Bengali uh, uh, background. In France it's different. Uh, Algeria, Morocco are the vast majority. Then you have Tunisia, Egypt and other, uh, and other uh, origins. Uh, which means that the relationship uh, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the main uh, uh, ethnic group in the, in the country is different. Uh, and even from a theological perspective, the sort of, uh, I'd say, behavior, uh, religious opinion are different uh, because they are coming from different schools of thought and it has an impact on some very uh, uh, specific issues. When I was uh, uh, explaining that uh, the, 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 the feeling of belonging to this country, to this, uh, to this, uh, to this people is different, here comes the, uh, here comes the argument. Uh, there, are, uh, there is an interaction between this social eco and, and cultural factor and a legal factor. Okay? In France, we have uh, something very specific, is that being French is a uh, legal reality, but it's also an, an ideological and cultural reality. In the UK, you have a difference between being British and being English. Being British is, is a form of citizenship, is a, legal, uh, is a legal reality. And then, in addition to this, you can have a feeling of cultural belong belonging, historical belonging, ideological belonging, and this is uh, uh, an, individu an individual process. But you can be uh, a British, a British citizen, without necessarily having to uh, 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 incorporate, assimilate uh, the, 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 uh, the ideological package that would be identified as the Englishness. Okay? In France, this is different. So you cannot separate between citizenship and, uh, and ideological nationality. And so you have uh, basically uh, 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 this, uh, this uh, injunction, this... Uh, this uh, uh, this um, recommendation from the right wing that you have to assimilate. Meaning that the condition of you being in France is for you to uh, take distance from your country of origin, to take distance from your uh, religion, to take distance from what you think is, a, is, a, is, a, is an important part of your identity, to endorse and to accept fully whatever we will say. Okay? And so when they say assimilation, basically that's it. Okay? And so you, they would have like this saying uh, in French, uh, à Rome, fait comme les Romains, well, basically when you're in Rome, uh, do as the Romans, which is absolute nonsense, by the way, if you deconstruct it. Okay? Be why is it nonsense? First, because it means you're not Roman, so when you come to Rome, behave. Okay? The second one is uh, the Romans are right. Whatever the Romans are doing, you have to, uh, you have to respect, which is if the Romans are doing wrong, we're... The third one means that basically if we are in a given society and we see harm or we disagree with the, with, the, with the mainstream type of behavior, precisely because we are part of this society, we have the responsibility to do something about it. 
So when people are fighting uh, against uh, 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 Afrophobia, anti-black racism, or uh, anti-Roma sentiment, uh, this is not out of uh, rebellious attitude against the government. This is precisely because they have the feeling that they are part of this society, and they do have the responsibility to do something when there is something wrong going on. Okay, and so uh, uh, this assimilation uh, 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 model is very problematic, and it has a lot of traction in France in the in the right wing. And the last point that is really different is the political game. Uh, so the political game is uh, fully influenced by the uh, Islamophobic ideology. So this uh, ideology, you have a glimpse of it uh, in the, in the, in the in the in the media, in some political speeches. The organization I represent, the Collective Against Islamophobia, what we do, we've been created in 2003, and we help and we support victims of hate crimes and discrimination. So when a, a woman is assaulted in the street because she wears a headscarf, when uh, she's trying to uh, uh, go to university and we claim that she cannot enter the university because she has a headscarf, when someone, even a non-Muslim, uh, has a beard and is uh, uh, discriminated in the workplace because of his perceived as being, uh, as being Muslim, we will help them uh, obtain their, uh, their right and have their rights respected. But before we uh, incite them to go to the police and report a case and take uh, very strong legal action, prosecution against, the, against the, the discriminant or the perpetrator, we will try to uh, solve the problem through mediation. And this uh, brought an uh, unexpected benefit. Which one? Well, basically we were discussing with uh, discriminants. And at that stage, when we speak with them, we try to understand what are their motives, what is their ideology, and the unexpected benefit is that we were exposed full, we had a, a, a full and honest, uh, uh, frank account of what they think, and how they feel, and how they express their motives, the same way they would express it to a fellow, uh, to a fellow or, to a, or to a friend. This was violent, but at the same time, we got to the, to the core uh, ideology. This ideology means that, thinks that, uh, claims that uh, Muslims are inherently problematic, whatever the situation. And by the way, uh, 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 this is a definition of Islamophobia uh, from the sociological aspect, the construction of a Muslim problem. Okay? Perceiving Islam and Muslims as being problematic, whatever the context, whatever the situation. So you have this idea that Muslims are violent, uh, and since childhood, they are uh, raised in, uh, in, in, in with the idea that they need to conquer uh, territories and they have to convert uh, the rest of the society, uh, even by force if, uh, if, uh, if necessary. Uh, Muslim women are submissive and they are uh, uh, badly treated from childhood uh, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the grave. Uh, and uh, the halal meat is a dangerous poison, and if you eat halal food without even knowing, you can become a Muslim. And so, uh, uh, you, had, uh, you had this idea in, uh, in some right-wing movements that um, people uh, working in, uh, in schools, uh, some of them Muslims, they would introduce halal food into the, into the school to convert the children, and maybe years later, we would have Jean-Paul or Pierre uh, waking up in the night uh, darling, I think I'm a Muslim. <laughs> I don't even know. I want to, to see the full moon. I'm a, I'm a Muslim. I want to pray. 
So they have this type of uh, this type of uh, this type of ideas, and the way they imagine uh, some Muslim youth is that these guys are wearing uh, also longer longer long dresses and uh, and uh, Nike shoes, and 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 and, and they are talking uh, slang like if they were gangsters, and they would go into the street and say, "You convert to Islam, or I shall kill you with my sword, or something." And so they have this uh, this idea that if they go to this. Islamic suburbs, quote, unquote, uh, they will meet like these groups of people trying to convert uh, uh, people by force if necessary. If necessary. And uh, there was this theory uh, that, uh, that, uh, that has a lot of uh, traction in the right-wing movements, which is called uh, uh, Eurabia. So you, anyone knows this, uh, this, uh, this story? So basically the idea, uh, and 30% of the, of the Front National believes in this story, and 50% of them think it's possible. So uh, uh, basically, the idea is that in the 70s, when there was the uh, uh, the, um, the energy crisis and the, and the, the OPEP country, the oil producers, they were making a, 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 a boycott. Uh, they didn't want to sell uh, the, the, the oil anymore. They had a deal with Western countries, and the deal is: we're going to sell you cheap oil on the condition that you accept that we colonize your continent. And we will send Muslims in masses until the day that uh, this fifth column will be activated, and we will capture the we will capture the land. And basically, this capture is coming uh, is coming uh, is coming soon. And so, from this respect, we can uh, we can uh, we can claim that uh, Islamophobia is not the right term from a clinical perspective. It's not the right term uh, to talk about this form of pathology. Why? Because. The phobia, uh, if, for example, if I have a phobia with spiders, uh, when I see the spider, well, I, 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 fear, I fear the spider, I don't want to see it, I hate it, I, don't, I have an irrational fear of the, of the spider. But this is different. Paranoia is, if I see the spider, I hate the spider and I fear the spider. But if I don't see the spider, well, I think the spider is up to something. She's planning something. The same goes with Muslims. If we see them growing beards, beards or wearing hijabs, and they are colonizing us physically, provoking us on our own land, and they are they are they are conquering this territory. But if they shave their beard and they take off their hijab, it's even worse. They are infiltrating us. They are hiding because they want to colonize the land invisibly, and someday it it will be even uh, it will be even worse. And what we see we we see this in the statistics, for example. And, uh, and, and this goes uh, against intuition. Uh, women wearing head, Muslim women wearing a headscarf and Muslim women not wearing a headscarf are equally discriminated against. The first one, uh, they are discriminated because they are perceived as they want to provoke the company, they want to provoke the university. And the one not wearing it is supposed to wear it soon. Uh, and she's, up to, she's planning something. She pretends she's nice Nadia, bringing cakes for Raid and, and all that, uh, being polite and so on, but she's up to something. These are the worst. Those who try to be nice Muslims, these are the worst. And so we have, uh, we have uh, in, the, in the typical cases we receive, well, she will, uh, the victim will receive such comments from her manager, from her, from her colleague, we say, well, did she say something wrong? No. Did she uh, uh, refuse to do her job? No. Then what is the problem exactly? She is showing a dubious type of behavior. 
she uh, did not denounce uh, last year's uh, attack on uh, this country or that country. She did not participate in the conversation against Taliban. She did not want to eat uh, 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 the meal we, ca we, we brought or she didn't want to participate in the cocktail and, and, and drink champagne or whatever. Okay, so these are the main reasons for you thinking that she's, she's up to something. And this would be the, 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 the typical attitude. So we see that uh, uh, analytical uh, uh, behavior or rational behavior is not the paradigm of the typical uh, Islamophobic person. It, um, seriously, we thought of addressing it from a psychiatric issue, from a pr psychiatric perspective, because that's what it's uh, that's what it's about. There is this uh, 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 really clinical approach that needs to be developed and understand that we're not facing uh, a form of rational thinking. The typical perpetrator, first, is not in the right-wing extreme. He's equally distributed across the political game. Second, when he motivates his action, he's not using a rational discourse. He expresses a lot of feelings, a lot of uh, uh, emotions. So our whole strategy in uh, dealing with the cases is to, is to be rational with the irrational is to develop a structured approach, uh, a, a structured process, uh, a, a disciplined methodology to solve the cases, but still being conscious about the fact that the people we, we are talking to, they are not behaving in a rational, uh, in the rational manner. So, now how, how do we uh, change this situation? What, we, what could we learn uh, from this situation to move, uh, to move forward? I have five uh, suggestions to, uh, to make and share, uh, and share with you. The first one is to analyze and study the phenomenon uh, in, a, in, a, in a very deep and detailed manner. The history of Islamophobia, the different shapes uh, and the different shades of this, uh, this ideology, how is it motivated on the right wing on nationalist uh, issues, security issues, uh, identity uh, issues, on the left wing more on uh, freedom of speech, secularism, uh, or women's, uh, women's freedom and feminism, these concepts which have a positive connotation in the French context and they will be taken from their initial definition and used as a means uh, of, of exclusion. So this is what I mean by analyzing and studying the phenomenon. From all aspects, uh, sociologically, statistically, politically, historically and legally. Uh, and what we see is now, both in the UK, in France, and even in the US, we have more and more academics studying, uh, studying this issue. And we have now a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of work being produced from that perspective. It's of huge value to, uh, to, to us, because of course we have our uh, analysis, but it's very important to have an independent opinion from a sociologist or from a, 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 a psychologist to, to understand and to even add to our uh, analysis. So that's number one. Number two is to build capacity. Uh, what does it mean? It means that in the, uh, in the legal advisors that we have within communities, within uh, a mayor, uh, in the mayor office, with the MPs, uh, in all institutions, people should be made aware and they should be in capacity to respond when there is a, a hate crime or a discrimination. Uh, they should not discover Islamophobia on the day that a woman has been assaulted. They should not discover that there is uh, a legal framework, there is a legal toolbox that allows us to solve issues without having to uh, create a political crisis in the, in the, in the, in the country. Okay? So building capacity means being ready for such issues. And I tell you, uh, you already have a number of cases in the, in the, in the, in the UK, you will have more. 
So the earlier, uh, the better you are prepared, the easier it will be to solve cases without, uh, without, make, uh, without it making a, 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 major, a major problem. Because what we see is that minor issues become major problems when they are not uh, dealt with properly. So a minor issue, a discrimination in a restaurant, someone refusing to serve uh, a Muslim woman, is going to turn into a riot if we are not able to bring a proper response to the, to the restaurant, solve this issue becomes it be, before it becomes a problem. Okay? So this, this is building capacity, not only within the Muslim community, but with the local uh, uh, institution, within the police, uh, and, and within the, uh, the, 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 the government. The third uh, thing is to refuse uh, the, problem, the problematization of Muslims. I'm talking for Muslims and non-Muslims. Uh, non Basically, one of the worst problems we had in, uh, in, in France, and we didn't see this coming at all, is that Muslims, they watch TV like their fellow citizens, they consume like their fellow citizens, they vote mostly like their fellow citizens, and so they too are receptive to the Islamophobic ideology. So they too can integrate these cliches and these ideas. And this produces uh, two extreme types of uh, effect. Of course we have the mainstream Muslim community who is really uh, very involved against Islamophobia and who understands the situation, but then we have two extremes. The first one is to say that basically uh, if they perceive us as problematic, maybe this means we have a problem. Uh, maybe we Muslims are responsible for what happens to us uh, and maybe we should hide maybe we should take off these hijabs uh, shave these beards stop praying, stop being visible maybe we, sh we have to show proofs that we are good citizens and that we really love this country that we are patriotic we need to sing the Marseillaise or the anthem we need to, we need to show and so basically I integrate uh, the, basically the ideological framework uh, of the of the of the right wing of the Islamophobic movements, that's one extreme. The second extreme is to say, well, they hate us, and there is nothing to do about it. So, what's the point trying to fight Islamophobia? What's the point trying to participate with non-Muslims trying to go vote or to go uh, build this educational project or to go to? What's the point if we know that they hate us anyway? So let's build our Islamic bubble, let's take distance from the, uh, from the rest of the society, let's stay right here between us, okay, and let's accept that they hate us and we do hate them as well. Okay? And both are symmetric type of uh, positions and both are determined in reaction uh, to, the, to, the, to the Islamophobic speech. But they do both serve uh, the, 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 the Islamophobic system in the way that they legitimize it. Okay? And so... Uh, refusing the problematization of Muslim is refusing to be seated in this problematic seat. Uh, every time uh, racist people will try to m make us part of a problem, it means we have to be part of the solution. Okay? It has. I'm going to share this uh, this uh, this with you. There is a there is a worse uh, victim than the one being discriminated and even assaulted in the street. That's the unspoken victim of Islamophobia. Who is she? Well, that's this uh, lady who's not going to go study because she thinks, what's the point studying if I know in advance that I'm going to be discriminated against? That's this young boy who doesn't participate in the school event or in the, uh, uh, or in the environmental project because he says, what's the point participating? These people, they hate me. 
and the universe of what is possible and what is not is completely restricted. He, he, there, is, there isn't even a discrimination because he doesn't even go to it. Okay? And so this form of prejudice manifests itself in a non-event. Okay? So we cannot measure it. Uh, we know that it happens because we see uh, every conference in mosques in France or in local organization, in community uh, 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 meetings. We hear uh, young women telling us, well, I stopped my studies because of this and that. Or a father, he took his kids away from, uh, from, uh, from school because he said, I'm not sending my kids to a, to a school where they hate it. Okay? So this uh, has to be uh, uh, deconstructed and we have to convince people that they don't need to wait for the extremist's permission okay, uh, to take part in this society. Uh, a typical Muslim in France doesn't have to, uh, to receive a stamp from uh, Marine Le Pen or Nicolas Sarkozy or Manuel Valls before taking his own share. Basically the narrative is we are Muslims and we don't apologize for this. Okay? We're not uh, vindictive, we're not uh, aggressive, but we will never accept that our rights be not, uh, be not respected. Okay? We're Muslims and we don't apologize for this. So, uh, and we take part uh, in every issue within the society. The fourth one is to be proactive. Uh, being proactive, what does it mean? It means don't wait for discriminations to happen. Teach the companies, teach uh, the, the HR teams within the, the company, train them so that they, they know how to uh, accommodate or not accommodate uh, uh, religious, uh, some form of, uh, of, uh, of religious practices within the, within the, within the company. Uh, before uh, uh, the labor starts thinking like the BNP, make sure that they do understand that you're really, really very conscious of what is going on and that you are very much involved in fighting Islamophobia. Being proactive means learning from the French experience and not waiting from, for Islamophobia to be in the mainstream uh, political game in the UK to take action. Because when this happens, you, will, you won't be able to do anything about it. The whole, uh, the whole problem we had to face in the last 10 years is how do we fight what became an institutional form of racism. How do you tackle a form of racism where you have absolutely no support? You go to the left wing and you say, this is racism. You say, no, that's not racism. That's fighting communitarism. Uh, you go to the feminist movement you say, look, these are women being assaulted. Yes, but they have a, we they have a headscarf. So they are enemy combatants. Or, or they, they are not civilians. They, cho they chose to wear a headscarf. Okay, you start making, uh, uh, laughing about it or, or criticizing it. Oh, you're not being a full French citizen because you criticize the, main, uh, the mainstream. So this is a form of anti-white racism. Uh, then after that you say, okay, uh, okay, we're going to demonstrate in the street. Well, they will publish in the media. The Islamists are organizing themselves and they want to take over the country. And so how do you go about this sort of situation where you have no natural support and even now the unions which are supposed to uh, help uh, the employees against the against the, the corporate uh, uh, the corporate groups. Well, they are supporting the the boss and and, 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 and and discriminating their fellow employees. And so when we go do some mediation work within the, within companies, well, we say just uh, uh, tell me you're supposed to help her, not to fight her. Uh, we'd like to understand what is your role if basically you're supporting the, 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 the management against uh, your fellow colleagues. What, 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 what is your objective here? 
So being proactive is not waiting for Islamophobia to be a problem in the UK, to be very conscious about it and not waiting for it to happen. And the last one is to build bridges. Islamophobia is not the problem of uh, the Muslims alone. Okay? The same way uh, anti-Semitism is not the problem of the Jews, well, Islamophobia is the problem of us all. Why? Because there is a, 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 a collateral damage of Islamophobia uh, that affects not only the Muslims. It comes and destroys this bond between fellow citizens. What makes a society, what makes the social interaction between people sharing the same space, the same society, the same education, the same university, the same, the same life, basically, it comes and destroys it. Okay? And so the damage of Islamophobia are not restricted to the Muslim community. And because of that, that's a, uh, a common responsibility of us all to come and help those of us who are targeted by a form of prejudice, those of us targeted by a form of, uh, of, uh, of racism. And I say this to the Muslims also, because uh, in France now we have a lot of traction around the fight uh, against Islamophobia and alhamdulillah maybe the, 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 the first generation of brothers and sisters who started this fight they've, they've done a good job but when I start asking uh, okay, but where are you when you fight against uh, anti-black racism say so, well the blacks that's a different issue okay, and then I ask the blacks where are you when we are trying to help uh, the Roma uh, minorities when their camps are destroyed and their women being assaulted so, well, these are Roma, so basically these are, these are a bunch of thieves. Okay? As the Roma, where are you when we meet you on, uh, on the Islamophobia issues? Where these are Muslims, they are terrorists. So basically the idea is that we are, every one of us is the racist of someone. All of us are prone to having cliches on blacks, or on Pakistanis, on uh, Arabs, on Roma. On, and so uh, the more we are able to build solid bridges uh, in, the, in the fact that we're not going to let you down. Uh, even if I disagree with you on this small issue, on that small issue, I'm not going to let you down when they, come, uh, when, they come, uh, when they come for you. Why? Because I believe in a higher standard. I believe in something that's called justice. Okay? And all of us can relate to, uh, to this. Because the problem of a society uh, that falls into populism is not the violence of the extreme. It's the silence of the majority. Thank you.